All right, hello everybody. So good to be back with you guys. Welcome to the July sales session where we're gonna talk about going from one to a ton. Moving from magnification to multiplication. Now you're probably wondering, what exactly are you talking about this time, Vermillion? Well, look, I've been listening to an awful lot of calls. I've been talking to an awful lot of your managers and I'm identifying today, what are those five major mistakes that we are making that we need to fix? And how do we turn our business into an absolute killer this year by making sure that we're not missing any opportunities? That's the key. Remember, this is a conversion year, not a volume year like last year. So we got to make every single opportunity count. And today I'm going to help you to really make sure that you get that. So Welcome to July. I hope you had a great 4th of July weekend and time with family and time to relax and catch up a little bit. Maybe get some rest. I know I just took a vacation with my grandbabies and family this last week. So feeling ready to go and really excited to be here with you today. So let's jump right in and let's talk about how to go from one to a ton because that's the goal for this session. All right, let's start with today's sales focus for July, and that is to focus on those biggest sales mistakes we're seeing in today's market. The first one is lack of confidence from a lack of belief. Now, we talked about this a little bit last month, but I want to go a little bit deeper, and I want to ask you some key questions. Today is going to be a very different format because everything I'm going to do today is going to be geared towards questions towards you versus just a bunch of throwing ideas and strategies at you like I normally do. Because I really want you to process these and think about these. Now, of course, I'm going to give you the answers to all the questions as to what you can do to make sure that you rectify any mistakes or anything you're doing wrong. But I really want you to pay attention. This is a powerful, powerful session today, I believe. And it starts with making sure you don't have a lack of confidence because you have a lack of belief. In other words, as I always say, having that stinking thinking. You don't want to make sure you're doing that. In addition to that, predetermination and prejudging. You want to make sure that you're not doing any of that. Missed opportunities from lack of knowledge, no true relationship or loyalty, and not asking for or creating enough referrals. So really, we're going to focus on five things today. Confidence, predetermination, knowledge, relationship, and referrals. Let's begin with magnification and talk about the power of one. Now, what am I talking about? Well, let me first define the word magnify. It's to make someone or something appear greater or more important. This is so important to understand when you're dealing with your customers because you want to make them feel valuable, important to you. It's to increase the perceived size of something and to make them understand their debt load and their opportunities and to increase or exaggerate the importance or effect of things like their debt and their payments and their history. And then to extol, to actually put them up on somewhat of a pedestal. Okay, these are the things that Magnify does. So let's start with a key thought for today. And the key thought is this. Success is won by utilizing the power of one. Now, I want to do a little play on words there because we could interchange the word W-O-N into both of those. The power of one. In other words, one person you work with that you can win means you've won a deal. And you're going to see in a minute there's a lot of power in one. Now, let me add this to that. The secret to the power of one is to drown out all distractions and focus on the one customer, the one opportunity, the one referral source right in front of you. That's what you got to do. So let's talk about the power of one for a minute. It takes one call 
to start a conversation. That's it. It doesn't matter how many calls you make. You can make 300 calls today, and I hope you are, if that's what you need to do. But you know what? Don't get distracted by the 299 or the 199 or the 99 no's. It takes one call with a right mindset where you're thinking positive that you can create a conversation. It also takes just one conversation to create an opportunity. And it takes just one opportunity to create a customer. And it takes just one customer to make a sale. And it takes just one sale to make your day. Look, I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again for those of you who haven't heard it. I love to hunt. I've been a duck hunter and goose hunter all my life. Many years ago, my when my father was alive, uh, I went down hunting down south in central Illinois with him when we lived up in the Chicagoland area. And I was out hunting with a friend of his. I don't know where my dad was at that day, but me and one of his best buddies went out hunting for the whole day. It was middle of winter. It was cold as could be. It was like, you know, 10 degrees outside with a minus five wind chill. We were down in a concrete pit in the middle of a big field that was just, you know, 150 acres wide open. So the wind was whipping through there. It was so stinking cold. We got in that pit at about four o'clock in the morning and we hunted until 5.32 that evening. I want to remember 5.32, that was the sunset. You can only hunt till sunset. And, and here was the deal. We went all day long till about 5.25 without seeing a single bird. Bored out of our heads. The guy that's with me, he starts to unload his gun. I look over, I go, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm packing up. Well, it's time to go home. We, we've been sitting here all day. We haven't seen anything. I go, yeah, but we still got seven minutes. <laughs> sure enough, I told him, put those shells back in your gun. And the minute he did, I heard this honking out over the horizon in the sunset. And here came seven geese, big old Canada's, right at us. Now, if you don't know anything about hunting, let me just say this to you, okay? These things are... 14 to 18 pound birds, because they're what's called greater Canada's. They're the hardest birds in the world to take down, but they're fantastic. And, and you know what? They're like B-52 bombers coming in. Well, seven came in and seven went down. We literally only had six shots, but the first shot I took, I got a double, which I've never done in my life. And you know what? It turned out, the moral of the story is, it was the best hunting day of my life. That one three-minute experience made up for the literally 13 hours that we'd been there. It just takes one. So one sale to make your day and one sale each day to make your month. Don't forget that. One sale a day, 15 loans a month. Two sales a day, 30 loans a month. And it only takes one referral to double your business. I'm going to teach you that in just a little bit. So Steve Maraboli said this, never question the power of one. Throughout history, it has been the actions of only one person who's inspired the movement of change. Well, here's my point for you today. It takes one loan officer, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. It takes you to make a difference, to make a major difference in the life of your customers, in the life of their family, in the life of the community. It's amazing what the impact is we can have. I want to keep reminding you of this to help encourage you, to help you understand that there's massive impact in what we do as loan officers in this business because we're in the toughest economy we've seen in a long, long time. I think, personally, this may be the toughest economy I've seen in my life. It may be tougher than 2008 just because there's so many moving parts on it. The good news is it's not like 2008 when it comes to the mortgage business. 
Okay, we're going to do just fine. We're going to we're going to succeed greatly, but it's all going to hinge on the power of one. So, let's talk about first off the the first problem, the first mistake we talked about, and that was lack of confidence from lack of belief. I want to start with that today, and I want to remind you think back to how many people forged our country. How one person like a George Washington or like an Abraham Lincoln made a major, major difference. Or how one person in businesses or in inventing make a difference. Look, it's the power of one. That's what I want you thinking about. You're one. Your customer's one. Your referral sources are one. We're going to focus on the one. So let's start with the first mistake, and that's belief. And I want to ask you these questions. And I'm going to give you these questions in writing. You're going to get these after the session, but I want you to really think through these as I walk you through them, and then you'll be able to review them once you get them. Do you truly believe home ownership is still the American dream? Do you truly believe that? Do you truly believe when you talk to a customer, no matter what rates are, I don't care if they go to 8%. Remember, over the last 50 years, the average rate is over 7%. So I know we had 2% rates just six, seven, eight months ago, but you know what? That was an anomaly. This is a real market. This is a normal market. This is the kind of market I've been in my whole career. And you're going to make a career in this market too. But you got to believe that homeownership is the American dream, not renting, not anything else, because that will give you confidence and belief when you're talking to a customer about a purchase loan, that this is the right decision, even with the rates being up. It's really important you understand that. Do you believe that price is what you pay, value is what you get? It's never what you pay that matters. It's always what you get. Do you believe that? Or are you letting interest rates get in your way, creating stinking thinking? Are you sitting there and, and, and really thinking too much about what the rates are and thinking, oh, well, they're not going to buy because of that? Do you truly believe that rate only matters when there's no differentiation? Look, I want to remind you, rate doesn't matter when there's complete differentiation, when you have a greater relationship, a greater offer, greater benefits, greater options, greater value, greater service, all of those things. You create all of that. So when you are creating massive differentiation, then you know what? Rate doesn't matter near as much because at the end of the day, no matter where rates are at, we're all in about the same boat as our competitors. The difference is you, the power of one. And then, do you truly believe people buy more from people they like, know, and trust than people they don't? Let me tell you what I know about most of your competition. They don't like, know, or trust them. Because all they are is, is an application to them. All they are is an opportunity to sell something to them. If you truly are building relationship, you're going to build like, know, and trust, hopefully love at the end of the day, in, in, in a business sense. And here's the bottom line. People are going to buy from you more because of that. If you believe that, that's truly going to make you more confident. Do you also believe that most customers want to work with a trusted advisor versus just a simple order taker like everybody else? Because that's what you've been trained to be. Do you believe that? And do you believe you can help a qualified, motivated customer achieve financial security in today's market regardless of rate? You got to believe that. Because if you don't, you got no chance. And do you believe that every no actually leads to a yes? Remember, they're going to say yes sooner or later. Don't let the no slow you down. Don't let rejection affect your attitude. Remember that every time they say no, 
hang up the phone and go, man, that one loved me. <laughs> they wanted to buy it from me. I'll get them later. And go to the next one. And do you truly believe that you are different from everyone else, like we talked about last month? These are the beliefs you got to have. If you have these beliefs, you know what? If you're thinking right, then you're going to have great belief, great confidence, and great success. All right, let's talk about the second mistake, predetermination. You're probably wondering what I'm talking about here. Well, are you prejudging your refi opportunities based on the current rate or an approved, quote-unquote, rate that is below yours? Now, now, what am I talking about here when I say approved? All right, well, let, let me articulate on this, okay? The single biggest mistake that I am seeing by far with any refi leads in today's marketplace is we look at their current rate and we're already freaked out. We're already intimidated. We're already overwhelmed. We're already thinking, oh my gosh, they're not going to go from 2.75 to 5.35. Why not? If it lowers their payments, increases their cash, decreases their term, gets them out of debt faster, helps them eliminate all of that debt problem they've had, helps them retire when they want to, helps them create cash and liquidity, build reserves to protect their family, helps them build a college fund, investment funds, retirement funds, helps them achieve their financial goals, then why does it really matter? But that's what you got to do. But if we prejudge, if we're looking at their current rate and we're like, oh no, we're intimidated, you know what? Game's over before it got started. But then we hear them say, well, I've been approved for this rate. Well, they probably haven't been approved. You need to make sure that they really are approved. And if they are approved, then the question is, okay, did your approval come after you provided income documentation and after you provided all of the information on an application and after they pulled your credit report and after they verified your assets and all of a sudden, well, no, I just completed some information online, sent it to them and they gave me this quote. Okay, that's not an approval. That's a quote. That's meaningless. Remember that. It's important that you do not get sidetracked derailed, intimidated, overwhelmed, or stopped dead like a train that just hit the stop sign just because of interest rate. In addition to that, are you thinking for the customer when it comes to rates, fees, or savings? Now, that ties to the last question, but I'm adding one more here, and the question is savings. What am I talking about? Well, I've seen this too many times. I've heard it on too many calls where we're only saving the borrower $75 a month. Well, maybe $75 a month is a lot to them. But by the way, you're not only saving them $75 a month. You also have a payment deferral. You might have an escrow refund. Okay, You might have a term reduction. You might have a long-term savings. There's, there's all other factors to consider within that loan. Think about the totality of what you're doing and the totality of the savings. And... Are you missing potential deals because of verbal information without doing the proper due diligence? They tell you they think their credit score is around 600 and you never pull a credit report to check and see if it is or isn't. Now, by the way, I want to be careful here because I don't want you just going out and pulling a credit report on every you know, person on the planet. We want to do an epic pre-qualification like I've taught you. And you need to talk to your managers about this process. But here's the bottom line. Do not take them at their word up front because it's generally not right. I want to know specifically what I'm doing. If I think there's a chance they qualify for the credit score, I'm going to pull a credit report. 
if I think there's a chance that their home might have the value, I'm going to look at a, a valuation model. If I think that their income might work, I'm going to ask them to give me some income documentation. You've got to do the due diligence to make sure that you are taking advantage of every opportunity. We've got extra time now because there's not as many leads or referrals coming in as normal. If you've got tons of referrals, then you know what? Great. But if you're dealing like most of us, where we're not seeing the level of activity that we've seen in the past, then you got to park and take a little bit more time with each one and do it right. And are you taking their loan request at face value without planting the monetary benefit seeds to create additional opportunities? So when a borrower gets on the phone, it's a purchase, and they're just looking to buy a $400,000 home with 20% down on a 30-year term, is that all you're quoting them? Because if that's all you're quoting them, and if you never tell them about tax deduction benefits, deferral benefits, term reduction benefits, you don't mention them how affordable payment works, you don't get into the conversation about utilizing different down payments to create cash and create savings and create more affordability. If you're not doing all those things and you're just order taking that deal, then you know what? You're missing a great opportunity and you're predetermining the wrong things. And are you doing the same thing with a refi? If you're just looking at lower monthly payments, you are absolutely missing the boat because that's all everybody else is looking at. Your competition focuses on rate and payment only and nothing else. They are not doing payment cash tax term deferral. They are not lowering payments, increasing cash, decreasing terms, decreasing taxes, showing them how to maximize those opportunities, get a deferral, get an escrow refund, maybe eliminate PMI. They're not showing them all that, but you can because you know how to. And are you looking at those credit reports, those AVMs, and the documentation necessary to verify and certify those opportunities? Do your due diligence. Make sure you don't rush off of deals that might be deals. It's really important you settle in in this marketplace. Now, by the way, I'm not telling you to waste time on deals. Once somebody says to you, I had a foreclosure, it's over. Once somebody says to you, oh, yeah, you know, I can't verify any income. It's over. Okay? Those are easy ones. You don't have a program for that. You just tell them I don't have a program for that. You can't dissuade them from applying, remember. But you certainly can let them know you don't have a program for that, and they're going to withdraw. Here's the bottom line. If it's on the fringe, and there might be an opportunity in today's marketplace, it's important that you are working that deal. Let's talk about the third mistake. Knowledge knowledge. This one's so important. Are you assuming customers cannot save money or qualify for a loan without looking at their debt or their income? This may be the single biggest mistake that I'm seeing today. We get a rate and term refi request. We get a cash out refi request. They got a whole bunch of debt, but you know what? We never pulled the credit to look at the debt. Or we did pull the credit and never ever included the debt. What are we doing? We can't make that mistake. I can't tell you enough times in today's marketplace. You got to crack the code. Cash out debt elimination. That's what you got to do. The bottom line is you got to understand that this game today in the refi world is all about leveraging debt. And it's no different in the purchase side. With the challenges of affordability, 
with the desire to create differentiation in your loan offers, you want to make sure that you're talking different down payment amounts that can pay off consumer debt. Use the dollars they might have used for a down payment to apply them to consumer debt that has a much higher impact to their payment, their debt to income ratio, and their ultimate affordability and how much home they can buy. Because the one thing we keep seeing as a problem on the purchase side of the house is we keep seeing problems with people that want to be able to buy a, a more expensive home because they need the room space or they need the bedrooms or they need the garage, but they can't afford it because nobody's looking at that. All they're doing is taking an application, not eliminating debt, and then going, well, all you qualify for is $326,000. When all of a sudden we look and go, no, 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 hold on a minute. You got $60,000 put down if you take... 30000 of that, and you pay off this $30,000 in debt, keep the other 30000 for your down payment, we get you in a program, and you just created for yourself literally $600 in savings immediately. That's $600 a month in payment, more buying power. That's about $120,000 in additional amount of loan you could get. It's a process of making sure that you are focusing on the 10 4 that I've taught you so many times. But you got to dig in. You got to look at the credit report and see what that debt is. You got to scrub it. How many people have told you, I got no debt? You pull the credit report and it's like a scroll, it goes forever. How many people have told you what their income is? You get the actual income, it's not accurate. How many people have you not dug in deep enough and all of a sudden it doesn't qualify, but then you call them back and go, well, you know what? We just found out you don't qualify. They go, wait, did I tell you about this income? And you find out about another income you didn't get the first time. These are mistakes we can't make. We've got to make sure we're asking these questions. And then are you missing refinance opportunities because the customer says they're only looking for a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit? Look, the bottom line is if they want cash and you can pull in debt, which most people have, you can get them that cash while cutting their term on their mortgage, which a home equity loan or line of credit is not going to do. Help them avoid having a big credit card on their house, which a line of credit is going to do. And if there's somebody who's a debtaholic, avoid the temptation of that. Now, here's the bottom line. You've got to look at every opportunity you have. And you've got to make sure that you're looking at the type of products that that customer has available through you and how you can create the most savings, the most benefit for them possible. So just because they ask for a home equity loan line of credit doesn't mean that's necessarily what they want because when you start introducing term reduction, tax benefits, all these things I've taught you on a mortgage refinance, it may be a much better offer than a HELOC or a HELOAN. If at the end of the day it's not, then you know what? They go get their HELOC, HELOAN, and game's over. Go to the next one. It's okay. The bottom line is we want to make sure that we're really asking the right questions. And speaking of the right questions, are you asking the enriched questions for every customer? I'm not even going to tell you what that stands for this time. Because if you don't know by now, I'm a little concerned. I've covered it so many times. These are the six key areas in life that consumers use money for and their equity for. And are you taking the time to truly understand all their financial needs and goals? These are key questions that I need to ask you that you need to be honest with yourself about and make sure that you're doing. All right, let's talk about relationship, real relationship. Are you spending enough time to truly build trust and loyalty? 
if you agree earlier that more people are more likely to buy from people they like, trust, and are loyal to, and then you know what? You got to spend the time to get that done. Are you asking layered questions to really understand needs and situations, what we call the onion approach? Are you just filling in the boxes? This is a really important one. What, what is the onion approach? Well, think about an onion. It's got layers, okay? If you peel it back, you peel one layer, second layer, third layer, fourth layer, just keep getting all the way down to the core. It's exactly how you need to do it when you're talking to a customer. You got to layer your questions. So you ask them a question. When they answer, don't just go right to the next box on your application. Because that's a mistake that I'm seeing. We're just we're we're, we're go, always thinking ahead of the borrower instead of just being in the moment with the borrower. You got to be in the moment with the borrower, and you got to make sure you're layering. They say to you they want to do something. Make sure you ask questions. Understand that completely to dig in, to make sure you know all the facts, to make sure you understand what they're trying to accomplish. And this is a big one. Are you thinking about the next question you're going to ask before the customer has finished answering the last one? I see this all the time. We're, we're loan officers are like, you know, I, I, I've listened to so many calls. Loan officer asks a question. Borrower answers the question. They ask another question that's totally unrelated to the answer they just had. No response like, oh, really? There's no layering. There, there's no paraphrasing. There's no confirmation or affirmation. It's just question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, and they're not even related. You can't do that. Here's the key. Are you focusing on the customer when they are speaking? Or are you looking at your screen or your phone or something else? Focus on your customer. Are you truly listening, taking notes, and pivoting to solutions? That's the process. That's how you do it. I'm actually going to record a call this month that's going to be available for you guys in the tutorials where I'm going to show you how to ask questions and layer and go deeper. Here's the bottom line. You've got to make sure you're truly listening, not hearing, listening, taking notes, and pivoting solution. Think about what they said. If you've got a solution, present that solution to them. And then ask them another question and layer again and provide a solution. And lastly, are you going beyond just knowing their application information to truly, really knowing them as people? Knowing about their family, knowing about their kids, knowing about their goals, knowing about their life, knowing about their plans, knowing about their teens, knowing about their hobbies. These are things you want to know. You want to know your customers. You want to know your referral partners in depth. But you only do that when you take time to listen, take time to provide solution, take time to layer, take time to do these things we talked about. All right. Let's talk now about turning magnification into multiplication and the power of referrals. Referrals was the last mistake I said we make. I, I, want, to, I want to give you what I call the pay it forward approach to referrals. Now, what am I talking about? Well, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Pay It Forward. If you haven't, I really recommend you go watch it. It's a great movie. It's a story about a fifth grader who is in Kevin Spacey's fifth grade class, and he challenges the class to come up with an idea to change the world. 
Well, this little boy comes up with this idea that if I do something good for three people, something kind, those three people have to pay it forward to three more, that eventually the entire world will change. Brilliant. We get all done with the movie. My wife and I are sitting there. I'm sobbing. She's sobbing because it's one of those tear jerkers. Just be prepared. Have your Kleenex ready. Okay. And, and, and I reach over and I grab my calculator. I was like, what are you doing? I said, well, I need to know how many times it takes for three times three times three to hit seven billion to cover the world. There's only 18 calculations. That's how fast multiplication works. So, referrals convert at nearly 40%. That's customer referrals. For every three referrals, you're going to get one new loan, in other words. So here's the bottom line. If you're doing 10 loans per month, that will yield 144 added loans in one year. Three referrals. You can get that. The key here is, if you get three, one of those will convert on average. So because of the way it works at the 40% rate, it actually yields 12 loans for your 10 loans, which means you've over doubled your numbers. That also means that 144 new customers are added to your database to get three more referrals from. And if you take those three referrals in year two, that's 172 more loans in year two and 516 more opportunities from those customers you got referrals from. Basically, what you do is go from 10 to 22 to 24 to 28 to 40, boom, just like that, without any additional loans you're closing from your normal lead and referral sources. Referrals are the bomb. So here's my questions about referrals. Are you planting the referral seed with your customers during the initial application like I told you to? Remember, at the end of the application, when you're ready to wrap that thing up and let that customer know, hey, Mr. Jones, uh, now that I've completed your application, I'm so confident we can get you approved. And more importantly, I am really confident we're going to save you a ton of money. We're going to get you in that house. And I'm going to call you back with several different options. But let me just ask you this question. If I can prove to you that this is the best loan for you and we end up working together and you love working with me and I do a great job for you, there's only one question I ever ask my clients. Would you consider sending me friends and relatives and family and colleagues and people you know as referrals? The answer is going to be yes every single time. But you got to plant the seed in the application. And then are you watering the referral seed during the process? We talked about sowing and reaping last month. Well, are you watering it? What does that mean? That means every time during the process, you're calling on those weekly calls to keep in contact. Are you saying to them, hey, how's that list coming? Have you thought about some people that you might be able to refer me to? Because things look like they're going really good. We're going to close in two weeks. And then are you harvesting that referral? In other words, really making sure that you're getting those deals after the funding. Now, after the funding is the key. You're going to plant the seed in the beginning. You're going to water the seed during the process. You're going to harvest the seed after the funding. Why? Because you don't know how it went until after funding. If it went great, you're going to get a bunch of referrals. If it didn't go great, you might not even be asking for referrals because if they're unhappy, they're not going to give you any. So what you're working on is relationship and rebuilding the relationship over time so you can earn the right to ask for referrals.
And then this is a big one. Are you targeting specific individuals or generalizing? Are you saying to them, do you know anybody looking for a loan? They don't know anybody looking for a loan. If you say to them, yeah, let's think about some people you might know. Well, let's start with your family members. Any parents, siblings that looking to buy a home, maybe own a home, maybe would like to save some money, cut their term. How about colleagues, coworkers? How about friends? How about neighbors? See, how, see where I'm going with this? Specific, specific, specific. And all of a sudden, they're thinking of a small group of two or three people. They're going to give you a lot more referrals. And then once they say, yeah, yeah, oh, my, my, my cousin Benny, my mother. Oh, John, who works right next to me. The minute they give you that name, you get the name, you get the number, you get the email, and then here's what you say. Hey, would you do me a favor? Instead of me calling them out of the blue and introducing myself, would you, you're going to see them tomorrow, right? Yeah. Could you mention that you gave them my name and tell them why you gave them my name and tell them what you liked about me? You just created a walking, talking endorsement. That is going to triple your results in referrals. Because now when you call John, he's like, ah, Al told me you're going to call. They're expecting the call and they're ready for it. And then are you asking for referrals from every customer interaction? Every interaction. Turndowns, cancellations, past customers, every call you make. If you can't sell them, then the question is, well, who do you know that I can sell? Remember. Be Dick Howard. Taught you that many times. And then, finally, are you developing outside referrals from everyone you know? Are you talking to everybody in your community, everybody you got contact with? And are you seeking third-party referrals daily from everyone you can in the real estate and financial services industry? No matter what your position is, no matter what kind of operation you're in, if you know realtors, builders, CPAs, financial planners, insurance agents, wealth managers, attorneys, these are all opportunities for business. You just got to ask. I want to remind you again, 1987, I made a loan to an accountant. He was loaded. Made a great loan, saved him a bunch of money, gave him a bunch of cash. Asked him the question, were you happy? He said, yeah. I said, would you be willing to refer me to your clients? He said, you know what? I'll do better than that. I'll send them all a letter endorsing you and recommending they call you. I said, how many you got? He said, 1,100. <laughs> I said, that'll work. And we literally, I had 20 loan officers. Thank, thank goodness that I did because I got, in the next two weeks, over 120 applications from people calling saying, my accountant said I should call you about a mortgage refinance. Let me close with this. John Stuart Mill said, one person with belief is equal to a force of 99 who have only interests. Don't only have interest. Have belief. Do these things the way we talk about. Focus on the power of one. Turn that magnification into multiplication. Take the one, get that one, and set it up for the future. If you can't get that one because they don't qualify, ask for a referral. If you can't get that one because the time is not right, ask for a referral. Turn every one into one. And then when you do close that loan, turn one into three. Pay it forward. And you know what? You're going to win big. All right. want to remind you, if you haven't checked out the podcast, do so. I just got through now adding to the list Mr. Barry Habib. Had a great conversation with him the other day. 
You're going to love that one. We talked about kind of what's happening in the market today, and he's pretty bullish on the fact that we're going to have a great 2022 third and fourth quarter and 2023, that we're not going to see major increases. Now, again, I'm going to remind you that I always, always, always want you to be thinking for the worst, but hoping for the best. And that means I want you to be prepared to just keep selling with high rates like we've seen. Don't be sitting around hoping for lower rates. Remember, hope is not a strategy. Luck is not a factor. And fear is not an option, like we talked about last month. You want to make sure that you are going into your deals, selling what you got and not worrying about the future. But Barry and I had a great conversation. He gave some great tips that you're going to love on how to attack this marketplace and really be a successful advisor. All right. Have a great July. Go crush it. So appreciate you guys. So looking forward to uh, our next session and appreciate you. God bless. Love you guys. Have a great day.